Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, this is Flip Your Weird with Max. All about creative people that never give up till they reach success and desires and true happiness. And we all need to just like love and support each other and that's what I think this new generation of artists is doing. What's up? Flipping our wig with Max. Wig. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Max. Welcome to the podcast. We are on episode flipping nine. Oh, when we get to ten, I think I'm just going to be like, yes, we did ten episodes in what feels like almost lockdown for the whole time. So it's been quite an experience. When things go back to normal and we're able to record in, in studios and with people in person, it's going to feel so strange. I hope I'm ready. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you're healthy, you're well, you're surrounded with family and friends um, that you're able to speak to, whether it's on Zoom, which is kind of how I've been spending a lot of my time talking to the guests, um, or on the phone, FaceTime, whatever. I hope you're in a good space. Don't forget, there's loads of conversations that we've been having during lockdown on the Flip Your Week podcast to inspire you, to educate you, to entertain you, and to just give you some like food for thought, especially if you work in the creative industry, film and music. I specifically picked people that are working in the industry that have really gone against the grain to do incredible things because I feel like we need to hear those stories because sometimes you just feel so stuck and you're like, how do people do it? Like without a cosign, without money, without this, without that that and there are a lot of people out here that are doing incredible things um by themselves and their own small little team sometimes their boyfriend their girlfriend their mom their dad their best friend are supporting what they're doing and they're making it work so i think those stories are super incredible beautiful and i want to share them this week's guest is a successful actor he also runs his own production company Brit Amel Amin moved to America in his early 20s to pursue his acting career. He wowed audiences in the UK with classics like Kidderhood. It was this gritty story of teenagers living in inner city London. It was directed by Noel Clark, and at the time when it was released, it was like something that we'd never seen before. So if you've never watched it, check it out. It's definitely groundbreaking. Alongside films like that, um, Amel also did loads of TV shows, including The Bill, and he also did theatre. He eventually decided that he wanted to move to America. You know, we all have this big dream, but not a lot of people do it. He did. And he's been there now for over a decade successfully acting and doing his thing. 
He's had some amazing roles that he's played, including um, a lead in um, Idris Elba's recent film Yardi, The Maze Runner, Sense8, Inside Man 2, which premiered on Netflix. And the thing that's really cool about Amel getting to do Inside Man 2 is the original was Denzel Washington. So come on, that's huge. Most recently, he returned to London, his hometown, to film the incredible hit series I May Destroy You, alongside that lady that everybody that follows me on social media will know I'm obsessed with, Michaela Cole. He's now back in LA in kind of lockdown. We chatted over Zoom about his career, the changes in our industry, especially with inclusion at the moment, um, his friendships with the likes of Idris Elba and John David Washington. Plus, he exclusively revealed a new movie that he has been working on with his writing partner. And it sounds so exciting. I can't wait for you lot to hear about it. This is a great chat. So um, enjoy. How did last night end? Amal, I mean, welcome to Flip Your Wig. So, listen, um, I may destroy you. Wow, wow, wow. Absolutely loved it. How did you feel about being a part of it? I'm very proud of the show. I'm very proud of how monumental it, you know, the life it's taken. It's taken on a life of its own. I'm ridiculously impressed and proud of Michaela Cole and uh, the actors, Waruche and Papa, they they deliver such a, like, multi-layered performance. So I'm just, I'm really happy to have been a part of something. And for me, just being able to speak in my accent again, which has been a long time, as you know, yes. uh, it, it's, it's been a long time since I've done that, which has probably been about 2008. You play Simon, and the bond that you have with Michaela's character, Arabella, on screen, it's just so cool. Like, you literally, like, you guys got on so very well. And I'm just wondering, was it as fun as it looked for us watching it? We naturally had an instant bond. I think I don't. I didn't know Michaela very well up before. I I found I met her in passing, and when it came up for me to do the job and she offered it to me, um, I I jumped at the chance because I thought this is going to be compelling TV. And yeah, what I love about her, the characters and what she does with the a lot of the characters, she doesn't. She makes no one. Um, everyone's multi-dimensional in the sense of you just don't know where they're very human. I should say. You don't, like, he makes this error, but at the same time, you know, as you watch the show, you discover it may not be what you thought it is. And I think that's the most, that's the smartest thing about the show is that she makes everyone um, culpable. And I feel like the interesting thing about the show, and I think what really made it work, was the subject matter was so tough, so very personal, especially for Michaela Cole. But the way it was served out to us, humour was used, all this love and friendship between all these characters... I think everybody had a sense of pride to, mm. because of the content um, and the fun aspects of things and the everyday life aspect of things is part of the genius of the show because without it, you could just isolate the incident of what happened to um, Arabella and go, oh, this is that, what the show's about. But no, it's about everyday life and how things can go awry in one moment and what you do about that, you know? And can you remember the first time you watched it at home in LA and how did you feel? somewhat shocked by some of the stuff. I was like, wow, that's like, okay, you know, um, really kind of um, educated on certain points, you know, just seeing it. And it's one of those shows where you're a part of it, but you're so, you're, you're fragmented to your story so that you don't, you, you don't consume it in the same way. So I watched it. I just watched it at home. Um, yeah. And I watched it by myself and just, and kind of just 
took it in. It was an easy watch in the sense of it just flows so well and you, you yeah. desire watching the next episode a lot. The thing about the series that I think also really captured all of us was the fact that it totally repped and, you know, culture in London, black young people, how people speak, how people act, you know, just representation, which we very rarely see. And for you, like your scenes in particular, when there were there was a scene where you and um, Arabella, played by Michaela, were on the street and you were greeting each other and you were just having a little bit of a dance, but it was just so flipping relatable. Yeah, it's just... It... I, I think when you put, um, when you have great material and you always put people together that don't usually get to vibe together, like you don't usually see young black people, young millennials that are black from London. And so there's, there's, there, there are ways to get kind of uh, creative and energetically creative. And you're just excited about the possibility, you know, people are going to see this and go, right, that's how I say, that's how I say things. Um, I'd say about Michaela as well is that she's, um, She's a really great writer. She wrote, you know, we didn't, it's not, there's not an ad lib situation with that show. And wow. sometimes when you do um, quote unquote uh, movies with urban vernacular, people improvise a lot or, or add their own flavor. And sometimes it's necessary, but I think she's got such a handle on the language and the conversation that you didn't need to fill in the blanks with much. You've been in the game for a minute though. You didn't squeeze in just like even one line. You didn't just like ad lib a little bit. I think I got a wagwan in. That was my my contribution with that same when I hugged that one. Oh, that's like that was my contribution. Is there anything else? <laughs> nah, I, I just it's just the way you play with stuff. Like yeah. you know, D Ray and the one that likes your picture. Like you know, same thing. One that likes your picture. You just you know put a little flavor on it. There's so much injustice, and my job is to speak the truth. Thank you for what you're doing. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah, it's a whole black cast, um, written by a black writer, director, um, actress, but it's a universal story that we can all relate to. I think audience love cultural specificity, but with universal themes. So, you know, there is something specific about being from London, yeah. you know, versus other cities. Um, there, there's something very specific about living that millennial life out there. Even me, I, I moved out when I moved here when I was 23. So, even me, I'm, I can be somewhat disconnected from it in moments until I try, go back there and spend some time, you know, about what's changed or, you know, the fact that every Thursday there is this interest in like the, the karaoke now, it's like a real night, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, so the city's moved on and um, as one of the greatest cities in the world, it has its, its, its own character, it's its own energy, you know. I've been a part of a few works that felt very groundbreaking, yeah. uh, social politically you know so whether it be kidulthood which was very groundbreaking at the time and you felt an immediate visceral energy sense eight had the same kind of vibe it was very groundbreaking one of netflix first shows and then of course you know this so it's, it is sometimes you you look on things in hindsight and go, oh my god it was but this this feels very like of the moment yeah, and I think we adore Michaela Cole. I think she is um, a representation of what you can do when you have so much talent. She did an interview with GQ recently. She spoke about, you know, just like the fame aspects a little bit on what on her life. And she doesn't really crave everybody like rushing her and giving her that kind of fanfare. And even on social media, she's not really present. She very rarely is on there like tweeting or on IG. And she just seems to be this force, um, especially in British TV right now, that we need. What is it about her, do you think, Amel, that's really captured everyone's heart? Just her being herself. 
yeah, authentic. So that you know, it's, it's very hard for people to be themselves in a public space, and and many a times people feel silenced. Um, and what I've seen from her is, you know, a continuous bravery to be her authentic self, even from chewing gum. Like you watch that, and you, it may not be something that you're instantly drawn to, but once you get into the show, you're like, wow, that she's saying things. And her intelligence, you know, she's a very intelligent person. And so I think those, those elements colliding have really kind of um, made her someone to celebrate because people can see her authenticity. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, you live in America and you are a pride Brit and I know you always rep, you always like to come back. And the last time I saw you physically was, I think, about a year ago at Sundance London Film Festival, where you were having the premiere of your film, Yadi, with Idris Elba, of course. Um, you were the star of that film. It was a huge moment for you. And now being in I May Destroy You, I think we would love to see you doing more stuff out here at home. Um, is that something you think you will do? Because I feel like right now I'm getting more accustomed to hearing you with an American accent. I find, I'll tell you a funny story about being on, the, on I May Destroy You. I was doing, obviously I'm doing my scenes, I'm in the suit and all the rest of it. And yeah. a guy comes up to me, a supporting artist, and he's like, so how long you been here, man? I said, how long have been with? He goes, in London. I said, I'm from here. He goes, <laughs> in America, doing a British accent. And I don't know if my accent's changed, but he thought I was, he goes, I said, why do you think? He goes, ah, oh, you just, you just seem American. None of the above. Can we talk some? It's not complicated. It's always complicated. They got the same MO as the Nazi Diamond Heist five years ago. Put these on. This is not a part of our arrangement. Maybe she wants us to know something. I think she chose you. Do you have mastered the American accent? Because I think those that do know that you're from here will obviously watch you in films when you're playing an American and think, oh, like, let me see if he's going to mess up. But you don't. You've, like, literally nailed it. Inside Man, there was no moments when I was watching that that I thought, I can hear the twang. I'm wondering, like, US, like, the Americans, have they embraced you? Do they see it now as, like, yeah, you're one of us. You don't sound like a Brit trying to My people, my, my personal friendship groups do, but maybe there's, like, um, <laughs> benefits to doing that like coming to premieres and stuff you know? yeah you great bro keep going man you good bro i like that um no i i yes i i, I really enjoyed mm. inside man i enjoyed playing around with 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 that and that kind of uh world and the fact that um these those are the films i kind of grew up on so it was fun to kind of embody that so i love that but at the same time in answer to your initial question 100 percent, there's definitely more british work that that I'm gonna that I'm I'm already in the works to do because like that's that's where I'm from that's my core that's my love language right so that's that though it's felt so good to get such a powerful response to me being British again yeah I guess because you're not here you don't necessarily appreciate or see um, when people are like really proud to see you like in I May Destroy You and your face pops up because you have been doing more leading roles recently and it was a smaller role that you took on but you did it and I think it was great because a lot of people were happy to see you back doing something British that was on TV. That was one of the reasons I did it because obviously the, the, the story is about you know effectively about the three yes. people um, and usually maybe I wouldn't do that I, I would have been more at the forefront but I said here's a very colourful character there is someone that's impactful in the first couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. And then also what an opportunity to work with Michaela and, and, um, and, and Sam Miller, who's, who's basically the director of, um, of Luther, mm -hmm. you know, work with these great, great talents and actually 
you know, be, be in England again, you know, because it's been a long time. And there's been moments where it almost happens. Like when I was, there was one job that happened and then the butler happened. And there was one job that I was going to do, the TV series in England back in the day, and then the maze runner happened. So there's always been a something. Nice problem to have. I mean, can you imagine an 18-year-old thinking one day I'm going to have this problem where I'm going to be turning down work at home because I've got bigger opportunities in America. That's like awesome. Yeah, it sounds sexier than, you make it sound sexier than it is. <laughs> Inside Man. I mean, when you got to do that, Inside Man 2, um, which was on Netflix, huge, you know, Netflix is international. And the original film, for those, I said this at the top, but I'll say it again, for those that don't know, Denzel Washington did the original role. So you taking that role, what a big deal. Were you nervous, excited? I mean, what were you thinking? What you going to do with that, that Denzel thing? What you going to do with Denzel? No, I, I, I coined the, the, the phrase, like, Denzel's the goat, and I'm just going to try and be the lamb, like, you know, just try and run through it and do my thing. But it was fun. And I didn't have the pressure to, like, live up to what he did. You know, it was a different kind of script, a different type of character. It's a younger guy, a bit more kind of, you know, uh, front-footed, cocksure, and then, you know, obviously ends up tripping up of himself, trying to flip in, get himself out of the mess he's in. And um, people really enjoyed it. And I, I enjoyed getting a new audience, which there's, I, I got quite a, um, a response from, like, a new audience that had never seen my work before, which happens to me a lot, by the way. Like, a lot of people, they'll go, Sensei, or some people go, oh, we haven't, uh, it's good to see ML back on screen, but... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They might not know that was it's in Yardi, or they might, yeah. they might put Maze yeah. Runner and Harry's Law or... I think your blueprint is like pretty cool. You've done some incredible things. And the nice thing is if somebody doesn't know off you, if they watch Inside Man and they look back at all the stuff you've done because you've got a great body of work, it's like, it's just going to make people really appreciate what you can do. So I feel like people are always going to rediscover people. And that's always an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, I guess, I mean, someone said basically that they discover this actor in different stuff and mm -hmm. don't know it's the same person. 
So I'm a little bit of a character act, even though I'm put into leading situations. Because transforming is a very, it's a big joy. Like Yardi was quite a transformation for me. It's quite a big joy to do, you know what I mean? Kingston, Jamaica. Could have just gone back to Jamaica. Sometimes a man have to choose his own path. You can't go on like this. And then Yadi, I mean, what a huge role. You totally redefined yourself, who you were, the perception of you as an actor, incredible. But I'm talking about the American accent and being accepted for that, but you had to take on the Jamaican accent. Now I know you've got Jamaican roots, but even so, how did you feel? I was shitting my bricks. No, you, I went and moved to Jamaica because of it. I moved to Jamaica when, when Idris said we're doing it. When, you know, he offered me the role, which I was grateful for that because he gave me such a platform and an opportunity. He didn't make me flipping uh, sing for my supper. As people know, famously, he, he gave it to me on um, on the plane. We were just on the plane together and he said, you know, this is yours. And I just started the work and that was in 2015. So I started the work in 2015 slowly. And then when we were doing, uh, we were both in Canada doing a movie, different, separate movies, we met up. And he goes, it's going to go ahead. And so from that, I just called my agents and said, listen, I'm not working on anything else. And from January to June, and it wasn't even fully financed, I just went and moved to Jamaica for like three, four months. Just was like, I need to immerse myself in it. Because yeah. I, I have a Jamaican family and, you know, I'm Vincentian and Jamaican and they, the Jamaican, they're like, they just tell you about yourself. No, nah, I mean, I'm going to like that movie. What did they think of it when they watched they it? Were, they were, that's their favorite thing I've ever done. Wow. You know, for, for my mum, that reminds her of her father, who's mm -hmm. passed. You know, I reminded her of her father for for my uncles that were born in Jamaica and they came of it. Like, I based most of the performance on my Uncle Kirk wow. uh, and and what I remember of him as a young man when I was when, when he was a young man. Mm -hmm. So they were, they, that, that for them is... And even one of my cousins, everyone's got like one of them cousins that tell too much of the truth. You know, my, one of my cousins is like, I'm out, I can't watch you. I can't watch anything. Because it's just, I'm like, that's a male, isn't it? That's a male, like, what? No, nah, that's not... He's acting. But when I saw Yardi, yeah, I was like, that's not a mouth. Kingston, Jamaica. King Fox control the streets. Deliver the goods to Rico. Yeah, I said I'm in London. London. The real one beams to be immersed in it. In the smoke, in the sound. First time in London, true? Yeah, man, first time. Trust me, go love it, dude. To make a three-dimensional character that was weighty and then complex. You can't go on like this. Will you go with the righteous? How will you go with the damned? These yardies, they have trouble. I hope people enjoy the beauty of this film. It's exciting and gripping. It's the Flip Your Week podcast. I'm Max, and that was Yardi. Um, it was Elba's directorial debut, Sundance, huge film. And the star of the film, Amel Amin, is with me right now. Um, I remember the premiere. Oh, my God, what a moment for you. You were there with your mom, your family. It was like a huge, beautiful moment, right? It was just like, you know, we've... I've actually got to print that picture. But there's a picture of my mum yeah. and, you know, her children either side of her on the carpet. It's just mm -hmm. that moment where... And that's the first premise she'd been to of, of mine as well. My dad has been to like the butler and different things around the world, but that's the first premiere my mum had been to. So I put her front and centre and, you know, she just felt overwhelmed. And she's such a kind, soft lady that she was just very overwhelmed. Yeah. 
yeah. you know. Um, it was he's been with me since it was the beginning of everything, you know. So we come from circumstances where it could easily not be what it is. And so when it is something like that, I think it's a good thing to celebrate with your family. It's like a life event more than just about yeah. acting. Like, oh, we did this. It's like a great vacation or whatever. And then also there's this like really solidarity, incredible moment right now for black actors. Even just looking at the guys alone, you, Daniel Kaluuya, John Boyega, um, Noel Clark. You know, he's been doing it for a minute. Ashley Walters. So many people. Michael Ward. I just feel like it's a really great time for talent. And I always notice this, like, love that you guys all seem to have for each other. Because sometimes the industry can, like, literally make people think there are so few roles that you've all, you're all up against each other. You're each other's competition. But somehow you lot all still show this, like, love for wanting to see each other, like, kill it and do really well. Which is so cool to see. The crabs in a barrel situation is a thing that happens in our cultures anyway. Because it's, you know, we're kind of put in a situation where there's this one opportunity. So when you have actors uh, from different generations that tell stories like David Harewood or Lenny James, you know, um, David Yellowo, that there's just one thing and everybody on that day is going towards that one thing. It kind of can breed comp competition if you don't know people. So, which is fine. But I think the more and more we all create these different universes, like Top Boy is his own universe now. And you know, that's like Ashley's universe and you know, you know, Daniel's doing his thing. Damson Idris is another person that I, I'm a fan of as an actor. I think he's, I think he's dope. I've gotten to know him a little bit and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's got the talent. So, you know, I, I love it. And I genuinely like shouting out. I did this thing called the Black Magic Awards where they gave me a nice award like last year. And I just, I just had this feeling to start shouting out all the different people that are smashing it. Michaela Cole was in the conversation because we were just, working together, Lashana Lynch, Letitia Wright, you know, all of these different people that are contributing to us becoming global exports and global, uh, a global presence. I need to know that you're going to follow the rules. I know you've got your production company now, which is super exciting. And I know you're writing, directing, and you're making films and um, new things for us to watch, hopefully on TV as well. Now, I'm thinking you're going to rep the culture and you're going to tell stories that need to be told from your perspective. I don't know if, if Idris was partly responsible for like getting you convinced to like direct and do all this stuff as well after you did Yardi and you saw him behind the camera. But what are you thinking? Like, what's going to come? Not push that out of me. I've been, I've been, I've been a writer director way before I met uh, Mr. Elba. Um, but what I did see, like the way he deals with people, I saw a, a way to deal with people, which I'd say Michaela and Idris share. They are, so, to their crews and to their cast, they're so supportive. They're a calm presence on set. And that's something I, I definitely am going to emulate, you know, nice. um, as I move on to my sets, which hopefully should be soon. And like having the perspective of an actor, you know, who's written for most of his life and having all this experience on set, your director debut, I'm expecting it's going to be pretty epic. Like, I don't know. Let's 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 hope, man. Let's hope. I think I, I the director's art form is su is such a thing to be respected. Yes. You know, um, especially if you're going to call yourself a director. Um, I think people have responded really well to the script. Okay. Uh, I think it's something that celebrates our culture multi generationally, mm -hmm. and our our British and our Black British culture and our London culture and how multicultural the city is and it's kind of like my love letter to the city so we'll see and little birdie tells me amal it's going to be an international cast can you confirm that because you're being like really secretive yeah i've um 
it's it's definitely going to be an international cast yeah. and um you know because I've, I've lived an international life mm-hmm. and in some respects it's from the diary of my life Ooh, you know that sounds exciting keep us posted so listen you're in la i'm in london at the moment cinemas in the uk are reopening and films are finally the big new films are finally coming out unhinged is coming number one movie with, with russell crowe we've got 10 coming out in a couple of weeks but me as somebody who loves going to the cinema and misses it so much i still feel a little bit uneasy about sitting in a dark room with strangers um with the current covid situation um what do you think what are your thoughts not the right time for that i think human life first is all this is all human life is number one you know living is number one and making sure people are safe is number one so you know i'm very keen for this to not be happening in the world but at the same time human life first is really is it i mean you know you all say it the same way and have you had a moment of like reflection i mean during this time so much has gone on during lockdown um the tragic death of george floyd black lives matter really being um instrumental in getting the world to sit up and pay attention to a huge problem that's been going on it's it's been a, a time of um a time where everyone's had to stop and really think about what's going on in the world and how they feel. So I don't know if self-reflection, the world in general, how have you found this time in lockdown? Uh, for me, I've used it as a time of, of like intense uh, progress. So, mm. you know, myself and my team, my writing partner, we just, we put our head down for the three months and we came out with a lot of uh, gems, you know, things work that we're proud of as, as, as writers and that I'm moving along the different spectrums of making things. So I used it for that time. I didn't do much self-reflecting necessarily because I was so inundated with the information. I live, I live like by the beach, and so in 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 LA, and you you don't see tanks rolling down near where you live normally. You don't see like convoys of police rolling down, and so I thought it was um, it was a very intense time, you know, when when it was happening. Um, but I think also a very, very necessary time. You know, where I live, for example, people are not usually confronted with uh, race and confronted with uh, how they are, they, they can be a part of the problem or part of the solution. So I was happy to see that. Um, and um, yeah, it, I mean, and also it was just a time, I, I mean, I was, I was fucking vexed for a good two weeks, you know, just really fired up and I spoke about a little bit a little bit with, with Noel it's like you know for anybody that doesn't understand why black people may feel the way they do or people of color you know or any or any group that is traditionally kind of sidelined or, or, or oppressed when you're forced to actually watch something um, that's so horrific and you compartmentalize your own versions of that on a daily day, day-to-day basis whether it be in the in your profession, in your industry, whether you're getting bullied, yeah. uh, regardless of whatever it is, when you're forced to watch something, it, it unearths all these things you keep suppressed. And so for me, uh, that's what it did a lot of for me. I was very, very angry, you know, still am. And then also, but very, um, very proud of the people that got out there, very proud of the communities that got out there, but at the same time, wanting things to make, to be, become, um, not only pop culture, which is what Black Lives Matter became, mm-hmm. but also something that is um, becomes a part of the system. Yeah. You know, becomes a part of um, the weighing grade 
you know, like, and I think we spoke about this briefly before, this idea of, you know, now people are very kind of up, uh, up in arms, like, are we going to have jobs, you know, black That's people. racism, what's going on, what's going to happen to us. Black, black people are going to get all the jobs or, mm. you know, uh, the LGBTQ community are going to start taking this and that. And I say to that, good, you know, both groups or any group that has traditionally been marginalized yeah. needs to now be on the tipping scale on the other end and quite strongly to correct the imbalance because it's been such an imbalance for so long, you know? Yeah. So to me, that's, that's what, um, I, that's the progress that I believe we will continue to have. And with your own production company, I know it's probably naturally going to be a yes, but will you implement inclusion within you, the films you make the people you hire that's 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 an important part for me like for me i'm the sort of person that i've always been against um bullies or anybody that you know that that bullies someone just because i hate it and so from that perspective um yeah i i, I for me i've just lived an inclusive life anyway i've been in the industry since i was a six-year-old boy so i've seeing the many multiple versions of life it's not it's not a trope or a new word for me it's a part of my life it's what i've been a part of you know yeah no exactly one of the first sort of brand new films that's going to get released um in a few weeks time um we've just had unhinged with russell crowe is actually tenant christopher nolan's big epic film i'm super excited everyone is to be fair it stars an incredible black actor, which is so awesome. Um, John David Washington, also Robert Pattinson, and various other people. Uh, I'm really excited about the film. You've become friends with John David. Yeah, right? yeah. John David Washington is a tremendous guy. He's a really good man. A great actor. Um, now, I, we spent we spent time together when I was doing the Yardie promotion, and he came and saw the film and all that. And I look forward to the tenant. It looks crazy. Did he say anything to you, by the way, about Inside Man? Because obviously, his dad did the first. No. I actually, actually, that's a lie. I told, actually, it's a lie. We actually messaged about it. I said, yo, I'm doing an Inside Man 2. Should, should, should dad's film, man? He goes, yeah, but man, you so solid. You so solid. <laughs> so, boom. Because he watched Yard and he was definitely very um, yeah. complimentary of, of what he saw, mm. you know. And effectively, he's, a, he's still a new actor to some degree, you know. Yeah, you know what? I completely forget that always. But I think Black Klansman, he was so like incredible with Adam Driver in that film that honestly, there wasn't one time that I actually thought about, oh, that's Denzel Washington's son. I think he just carries his own. I don't associate him much with his dad anyway. I think he's, done, I I think he's successfully carved out his own little world, you know? He's such a cool guy. Um, huge thank you to Emil and me for being on the podcast this week. It's Flip Your Week. I'm Max. It's always a pleasure. I'm wishing everybody the best week ahead. And don't forget, if you want some inspiring, entertaining um, chats from creatives in film and music that are going against the grain and doing incredible things, um, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm shouting. My hands are all over the place. If only you could see me. Please check out previous episodes. We've had so many incredible guests, including Jim Cummings, uh, Mark Jenkins, Tori Kelly, Jacob Banks. Um, So ready. Enjoy. And I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.